Our habits build the canvas and the leitmotif of life. What does giving up smoking mean? It means just to stop doing something that is wrong and unhealthy. So replace that routine with the habit of meditation. It's the time of your life that you can spend working with your mind. You have a tremendous power. And you always can say to yourself, no, I won't do it anymore. I am in control of the situation. I had a comrade back in the 90s. Unfortunately, he passed away. A remarkable person, but he had an addiction. He smoked quite a lot. One day I asked him, why do you smoke? Why do you do harm to yourself? Why do you remote yourself from your goal? His answer was, I can give up any time. After a while, let's say a few years had passed, I repeated the question, why do you go on smoking? This time he said, I'd like to understand if I'm able to give up. And so for the rest of his life, he never quit. Yet, in all other matters, he was a very erudite and spiritually advanced person. But it was this cigarette, and smoking in general, that drove him as far away as possible from what he had strived for in his youth. Bhagavad Gita, Mahabharata, says that a man is like sand and pebbles. Under the load of his attachments, he gravitates to the bottom of the river and stays there, falling short of his aim. I'm not condemning now, I'm talking about the fact that our habits build the canvas and the leitmotif of life. Because habits are connected with our subconscious. Unfortunately, through the subconscious, karma is also forged and our lives are built. If you want to change your life for the better, you should start with simple but very effective methods. You should rewrite your bad habits, changing them for the good ones. I'd like to emphasize and repeat your idea for our viewers. Just to get rid of bad habits, let's say, it does not always work, it must be replaced with good alternatives. Have I got it right? Yes, because if you replace, you'll have a tool to use. Not just, I stopped, but you enabled the positive aspect of it. For example, you can just give up smoking, but what instead? As far as I understand, there appears a sort of a gap which needs filling with something else. Otherwise, cigarettes will fill this gap again. It may be so. Maybe I'm exaggerating now. Supposedly. It's better to replace this, for example, I change smoking, which supposedly relaxes me, as people say that a cigarette calms them down. So replace that routine with the habit of meditation. You spend about five minutes on one cigarette, sometimes more, depending on the size of the cigarette. If it is a cigar, one can smoke it for about an hour. Thus, it's the time of your life that you can spend working with your mind and soothing yourself much more effectively, much more deeply. 
Well, just so that our conversation is practical, I'd like to dwell on this issue in more detail, as among our viewers, there are people who have a habit of smoking. Smokers could think that while smoking, they can do something else at the same time. As for meditation, it requires full concentration and being in the state. At first it can be so, then there comes a point when you become able to do some work while meditating. Do you remember your time at school? When you were drawing or doing your homework, could anyone pull you away from it at once? You were totally immersed and it was your meditation. When one is absorbed in any process, it is a real meditation. You are visualizing, scrutinizing, watching, you are in concentration, you are working and don't think whether your work is beautiful or not. A child always draws beautifully, he never assesses, it is the adult who judges. So that's what meditation is, therefore it's better to replace one with the other. Smoking is the worst of pranayamas. Neurobiology is a science which is actively developing now. Yes, its applied part is also developing. Neurosophy is a new and very popular endeavor. It has a great number of followers. There are lots of teachers, coaches. I also try to be wide awake and read a lot about it. So do our viewers, I suppose. The idea of freedom from bad habits is based on neurosophy theories. Neurosophy says that one can get rid of bad habits if his or her brain starts producing certain hormones, for example dopamine, in a natural way. Yes, that's correct. This is the way of substitution. When you get rid of and replace with positivity, you activate the neurons, the production of these hormones. To change a bad habit into a good one, they sometimes recommend special methods, for example, contrast shower. When one changes smoking for a contrast shower, their brain starts producing necessary hormones. Could you elaborate on this system, what to change for what? Except for meditation, what else can we use to get rid of bad habits? So let's now talk about good habits. Yes, first of all, I wanted to point out something very important. Note that bad addiction is something that kills slowly but surely. It's something that by no means connected with life and joy. People knowingly immerse themselves in things that kill them. Now, there are lots of ideas how to rescue people from things that shouldn't have ever existed in their lives. Such things as smoking and drinking alcohol are absolutely unacceptable in nature. People shouldn't have ever done it. Similarly, there is so-called therapeutic diet. What does therapeutic diet mean? You should eat properly to avoid diseases. Why should you use food as treatment? Food should benefit. It shouldn't be used as medication. I mean, we've become so immersed in it that now whole systems are being developed. And people are working on it. Neuroscientists are working on it to help people get out of this. It's sad, really. Nowadays, there is a great number of different scientific outlooks on that point. 
But the problem is that each theory helps a person to cope with only one habit. Meanwhile, nobody has time for that. So one theory is stacked against one definite habit. Smoking, for example, another theory, against the next aspect, and so it all fragments. Wouldn't it be better to follow one universal practice, sadhana, which takes you a short amount of time to do and includes all the options at once? You know? One universal Kriya action includes your conscious steps to self-improvement. Which will lead to the global transformation of your consciousness. Put simply, the spiritual practice will shake all the negative programs out of you. A person who lives with this spiritual energy, whether he contacts the Master directly or practices on his own, creates certain vibrations. These vibrations allow him to feel that he doesn't depend on smoking, drinking, sweets, profanity, or anything of the kind. Are you talking about Kriya now? Yes, now I'm talking about Kriya, but we can call it yoga as a whole. Can one do spiritual practice or meditate and at the same time be a smoker or a drinker? No, if you meditate well and truly, then nothing else but a deeper meditation can substitute this bliss. A person who is in concentration has raised above his attachments. He has no need for them. Why? Because they are substituted with other positive things. Meditation is the most positive thing in the life of a human being. Being in this meditative state, you can serve to the world or do some other actions. You call this state drive or inspiration. And in everyday life you feel the flow that carries you. You say, I'm in the flow, and that's part of meditation. Meditation doesn't mean just sitting and doing nothing. As a first step, if one wants to calm his mind down, he should stop moving and sending signals to the outer world. The outer world should also stop influencing him, must detach oneself. But then the moment comes when there is no need for that. Let's talk about the usual real-life situation. A person came in, I'm talking literally. A real person who smokes, drinks, maybe has some other bad habits, and he comes to your seminar. At the seminar he gets knowledge of Kriya, what can happen? Will he be able to combine spiritual practice with bad habits? Will he be able to practice Kriya and then after that go out and smoke and at night have a drink with friends? Sure, he can do it, but he won't feel good. Because the frequencies are different. After seminars, people just can't smoke or drink. They sometimes return to their bad habits after a while. But they are adults and I can't lead them by the hand like children. When someone asks me for help, I send these people to the seminar. In two days, this person changes greatly. Do you mean that the seminar allows a person to acquire strength, to consciously get rid of bad habits? 
Most of people who are here now and help us in making videos and in other work have given up eating meat, smoking, drinking alcohol, and using bad language. They have also given up a habit to think amiss about others, because they were at the seminar, and those vibrations helped them. It wasn't attributable to me, and those vibrations were not mine. This was divine energy. This was the power of transformation. This was the power that transforms people's consciousness. Most of these people gave up their bad habits quite easily, because that was energy and will. That was spirit, the energy of the Holy Spirit, that power. We are given an opportunity. But if we get such an opportunity, we should then make our own efforts. Yes, indeed. I'll tell you a story about people who are very close to us. We've known them for a long time. Once their elder son came to me and asked, Can my mother come to your seminar? Could you help her to give up smoking? She has been smoking for about 30 years. This is a very long time. I agreed, of course, but I didn't say anything about how I'm going to help her. At the seminar there was a lot of people, more than 60, I suppose. This woman was sitting there. She didn't know anything about Kriya, but tried to do everything that other people did. She wasn't prepared for the seminar. In two days, after the seminar which took place in Kharkiv, Ukraine, she came to me with complaints. After the seminar, she was on the night shift. All her women colleagues were smoking all night long not to fall asleep. She worked at a factory. She complained, what have you done? When I took a cigarette, my hands were shaking, so I couldn't smoke. What does that mean? Have you zombified me? I asked, did I say that you had to give up smoking? No, she said, we didn't talk about that. Who then zombified you? Then the idea soaked into her. She understood that it was energy, the joint energetic field at the seminar a very powerful field that gave her enough strength and allowed to get rid of her attachment. Everyone has these powers in them, but if the mind is not ready to understand that there are great powers within us, we are manifestations of God. If you forget about it, you'll be propelled in such conditions that will help you to remember that. So you'll experience and feel it. Well, another example. You feel joy. Your mind deceives you and says you have a feeling of joy because you've met the one you love. Or maybe you've gained a thing you've been dreaming of for a long time, and you experience a real joy. Actually, your feelings aren't connected with outer objects. These are only your feelings, your hormones. Your visual centers and your mind might transmit, this is the one and only, my love arouses the feeling of joy, and so on. Love is a divine quality, but not caused by that person. Love is given to you in itself. I mean that it is your possession. Power is also your possession. There is a great power within you, but you think you should find it somewhere. 
Here is the problem. Why? Because there is a substitution here. Our mind directs us to external sources. It is the mind that says, there is a neurobiology center going back to where we started. Scientists who work for this center have created a scheme to follow if you want to give up smoking. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? What does giving up smoking mean? It means just to stop doing something that is wrong and unhealthy. It might be smoking, as in this example, or any other bad habit. You have enough inner power to say to yourself, no. You can always do it. Anytime you feel that you can't control yourself, be aware that you just don't want to do it. You have a tremendous power. And you always can say to yourself, no, I won't do it anymore. I am in control of the situation. Neither my body nor my mind can force me do something wrong. I am the master and I must take decisions myself. That's what I'm talking about. I think all the systems or schemes are like crutches. They support prolongation of a bad habit. A person capitulates and says, I refuse to do anything, I need another system or thing, etc. The exception, however, is personal spiritual practice. If a famous person, neuroscientist for example, or physicist, offers different systems and practices, you can follow any of them. But to get rid of your bad habit, you should really follow this system. Please, take it. But it's up to you to practice it. You have to follow it. This is your karma and your actions. I hope the recommendations our viewers have got today will really be of use. Getting rid of bad habits and, let's say, the skill and regular work on good habits will improve not only their lives personally, but also the lives of their loved ones. Nowadays, this vital question, this issue, impacts a great, great number of people. Thank you very much, Master, for answering our questions.